Keeping Up With Jamal is back. Keeping Up With Jamal is back, of course. It's the show that gets all the ratings and nobody wants to watch. I mean, there are shows like that, but Jamal Adams has come over the top with the all-timer, the ones that constantly unveil new episodes each day. The ones where fans cringe at the sight and thought of a new piece of the puzzle. More cryptology, more cryptic stuff, social media games. And hey, tip your cap. Everyone's talking about it. I'm the fool. I'm talking about it. You know, it's, it's nearing the end of June. Training camp still over a month away. If Jamal's trying to get his name out there, make it painfully and blatantly obvious he does not want to be a Jet anymore, mission accomplished. The man is doing the job. But that's not really his goal, is it? His goal is to get paid. His goal, if not to get paid, as many Jets fans think now, his goal is to get traded. And doing all this stuff doesn't help that goal of getting traded. Sunday night, Father's Day, a individual who goes by the name of Jackson Velasquez, that's his Twitter handle, J-A-K-S-O-N Velasquez, who has a city of Louisville, Texas, in his Twitter account, snapped this video of Jamal Adams leaving a parking lot. What is that? The Salon Professional? I can't quite make that out. It looks like a haircutting place. But snapped this video Sunday night around 10, 1030 of Jamal Adams leaving the parking lot with interesting words. Hey, what's up, bro? Hey, you coming to Dallas? Hey, you coming to Dallas? I'm trying, bro. The latest episode in Keeping Up With Jamal. The show nobody wants to see. At this point, you have to think it's unsalvageable. I know it's a business. I know a lot of teammates would forgive him if the best possible thing happened. And the Jets paid him and he came back and they try to sing Kumbaya. But at this point, the disrespect out in the public is beyond blatant. And if it's a simple matter of the Jets telling him they were going to send over a first contract offer in January and February and didn't, but communicated the reason they didn't is because of the pandemic and the uncertainty about the salary cap next year. Yeah, it, it stings. I, I agree. It, it's somewhat messed up from the viewpoint of Adams. But at the same time, when you're making over $30 million in five years, while hardworking New Yorkers and New Jerseyans are struggling to put food on the table during this time, you got to pick your spots better. The timing is all wrong. And you got to understand, hey, this is not... 
this is not the right time. This is not what I need right now to help my image, to help my brand around the league. To follow up his Sunday night uh, episode on Monday, he pulled a little Rocky off. As you could see for the people watching on YouTube, looking like uh, Little Mac in Mike Tyson's Punch Out. You know, the intro when he's when he's uh, jogging in front of the New York City skyline. Obviously, he's in Dallas here, not Dallas, but Texas and near Dallas. And whoever is recording this man here is in a car or on a bike, some kind of moving object capturing this man jogging. Like it's a featured film. I I can't even get mad at this one. Yeah, no one wants to see this stuff. But I can't even get mad at this one. The effort put into it. Uh, the, the man needs his own production company. But in terms of the cryptology, the cryptic messages. Uh, it's a song by Little Baby. If you think I've heard of this artist before you would be wrong and the song is called all in listen to the lyrics I be at James Harden house I'm all in Houston in the mix I'm talking about spare time in New York I buy flow seats to watch the Knicks and I don't even know no players I just want to show off my new drip and put my chains in layers I might just stand up and go crazy someone make a layer and we ain't squashing shit for free you niggas gotta pay us you niggas better pay us I'll be at James Harden's house. I'm all in Houston in the mix. I'm talking about spare time in New York. Spare time. I buy floor seats to watch the Knicks. Why? It's the Knicks. I mean, I'm a Knicks fan, grew up a Knicks fan, but lyrics are kind of crazy. And we ain't squashing-ish for free. That's my substitute for the curse word. You gotta pay us. You better pay up. Yeah. Lyrics talking money. Lyrics talking about a Texas city. Lyrics talking about spare time in New York. I buy floor seats to watch the Knicks. If you think this is a random uh, piece of the song, Adams just happened to throw up there while jogging like Little Mac in Mike Tyson's Punch Out, you're wrong. This is intentional. You know, other parts of his Instagram uh, page have him working out. This is some of the stuff athletes do to get motivated. They, they sometimes need to dangle that carrot in front of their face intentionally uh, to get going. You know, some of, the, some of the silliest things when you're training, the thoughts that go through your head work. Like, say you're running on the street in front of your house and you're really trying to push it to the next level. You know, you got to play games with yourself like someone's chasing after you. Like you cannot let that son of a bitch catch you or your life is in danger. Stuff like that. At this level, that's the amateur, you know, overweight, hands on knees level. At this professional level. Social media seems to be the name of the game and playing the cryptic messaging 
through Instagram and Twitter is what it's all about. Mix and match lyrics and songs with videos and uh, what they're doing on a daily basis is what Odell Beckham Jr. was about, Chris Desporzingis, Carmelo Anthony, obviously Jamal Adams, as we stick to the New York flavor. New York for long? Probably not, we'll see. But how does how does this work now? Is it possible to even salvage anything if the Jets wanted to keep Jamal Adams? Has it crossed that level where it is impossible? Obviously, never say never. But it's hard to believe something is possible. It, it's, it's, it's disrespectful. Um, someone could claim and could have a great argument because we don't know yet what's really happened behind the scenes. Someone could claim the Jets disrespected him first, and that's fine. But if I'm Jamal's representation, I'm, I'm pleading with him not to do these things because this will hurt his reputation and market value around the league. We just saw it with Antonio Brown. No, Jamal doesn't get to be compared to Antonio Brown in any way. Let's make that clear. But Antonio Brown... He may have played his last play in the league, and he's on a whole other level. But that activity, Yannick Ngakwe, his social media activity this offseason, legitimately beefing with the Jags owner on Twitter. And the Jags owner, I think it was the owner, uh, comment at me if I'm wrong. But... The owner legitimately replying on Twitter saying, and yeah, you're really helping in a sarcastic manner. You're really helping your trade value right now. You want to add to Jacksonville? Keep crying and kicking and screaming. You won't get out because we won't get proper value because teams are holding us hostage. Maybe Jamal thinks he's that good. Maybe he thinks he is at the Tom Brady, Aaron Donald level where it doesn't matter if he... He, you know, he could act any way he wants. And to his new team, he could say, that's not me. I just needed to do that to get out. Most people don't buy that. Because if someone demonstrates they will do what it takes publicly to get their way, once, they will do it again. And history has proven that to be the case most times. Now, in terms of possible trades... Anything right now in terms of possible trades is a long shot. The Jets don't even want to trade the man. They view him as a significant piece moving forward and want to pay him. The last thing we've heard from the Jets is they want to pay him. Just not right now, which makes sense. He is a safety, and I love safeties. I used to play safety. I played his position, strong safety. I think strong safety's value has skyrocketed. I think it's more important than the cornerback in today's game. Not an average corner to an average safety, but a stud strong safety against a stud corner. I think the stud strong safety is more valuable in today's game. The days of Darrell Rivas are over. The cover corner is gone. It doesn't work with the rules. Stephon Gilmore, as good as he is, 
He's not Rivas. He works well within that Belichick scheme. He's not an island. It's impossible to be an island these days. Jamal, the stud-strong safety, can do it all. He could shut down the vertical threat tight end. He could shut down the running back out of the backfield. He could play the edge. Funnel everything back to the inside. Play great run support. Play too deep. Play middle third. Play the single high. Play the robber, the lurk. Play linebacker in a big dime. Play man coverage on the tight end in the red zone. Outside shade thinking he's going to go fade. That strong safety could do everything. And while he's not quarterback, edge rusher material, he's a lot more valuable than people think. Having said that, folks, the name of this game in the NFL and the salary cap is value. And you have to make hay on rookie contracts. It's just that simple. And you also can't bend to the demands of the athlete. Because if you do that, you set a precedent that the whole league sees. And then you, you start getting taken advantage of. You turn into Mike McCagnan. But in terms of a trade, the prized return is Chris Godwin. Penn State product himself, third rounder, a guy the Jets could have had if they took him instead of Ardarius Stewart. Yeah, they took Ardarius Stewart instead of Godwin. But this is the dream return. Will it happen? No. No. Is it likely to happen? Of course not. But when thinking dream return for Jamal Adams, it's Chris Godwin. Corner would be nice. An edge rusher would be really nice. But that stud receiver to go with Sam Darnold is the dream. And in one of the recent articles for Jets X Factor, the proposed deal is Godwin. Jets receive Godwin and a third round pick next year for Jamal Adams and Brashad Perryman. It's not like the Bucks don't like Perryman. It's just that Perryman, Evans, and Godwin aren't the perfect fit together. Yes, Godwin played the slot in Bruce Arians' offense. Arians, his slot is different than others, other offensive play callers' slots where instead of a short, shifty guy like uh, in New England with an Edelman or with Gase uh, Crowder, he uses a bigger guy. Think Reggie Wayne. Think Larry Fitzgerald. That is what Godwin did last year. He played a lot of slot. I think he's six foot one. He's not, you know, he, he, he's decent height. He's, he's bigger. He could run block. Arians likes having that bigger guy in the slot, like a Wayne, a Fitzgerald, a Godwin. And Godwin played a lot of slot last year in the Godwin-Evans-Perryman mismatch trio. That's why the Bucks didn't resign Perryman, because the they just didn't fit perfectly together, and they also have Watson, and they also just drafted Tyler Johnson out of Minnesota, which is why if an Adams Godwin swap were to happen in a dream scenario, I I don't think the Bucks would say no to taking Perryman back, but even without the third and Perryman, Godwin for Adams works straight up. Obviously, the Bucks would have Adams this year, then have to pay him next year, and the Jets would have to pay Godwin. Godwin's a free agent next offseason. 
Adams wouldn't say no. The Bucks are on his team as one of eight teams he would accept a trade to and not have to extend with. And, and this is it. This is the nail in the coffin in terms of why Adams doesn't want to be with the Jets. It's obvious. He's willing to be traded to these eight teams, but not have to sign. And he's he would forego an extension. And on top of it, the eight teams are all winners. I think seven of the eight were playoff teams last year, or six of the eight. Um, I mean, he should have just added the 96 Bulls, the 1927 Yankees, and the 85 Bears while he's at it. I mean, geez. It's, it's amazing. But Tyler Johnson, if you think about it from a Bucks perspective, their defense, they need a safety. Badly. The only thing that could knock it down, Tyler Johnson is one Minnesota rookie. The other Minnesota rookie is Antoine Winfield Jr., who is a strong safety and was drafted in the second round by the Bucks. Is that, is that not a fit? Could Winfield and Adams not play in the field at the same time? Is Winfield already viewed as a starter? Probably not, but they probably have him in the plans as a starting box safety. And if that's the case, that fit isn't perfect. But other than that, you think about that trade. Uh, Brady still has Evans, Watson, Perryman, and the rookie from Minnesota. And on defense, they upgrade with Jamal Adams, and Jamal Adams loves Todd Bowles. Even though he won, only won nine games with Todd Bowles in two seasons, he loves the man. The ex-Washington Redskins safety who won a Super Bowl. And Todd Bowles is a, listen, he's a great, uh, he's a great man in terms of how players love him. There's no denying that. Uh, and he's also a great defensive coordinator, great defensive mind. So, Heading to the Bucks with Jamal Adams is a is a go. Uh, the position need for the Jets and the Bucks is a go. Winfield makes it a little interesting. And in terms of dream scenarios, this is it. I mean, could you imagine Perryman? Jets, if they, or could you imagine? Excuse me, Godwin. Uh, Perryman would be gone. It would be Godwin, who could run routes tremendously. Godwin, Mims, Crowder. That would be a hell of a trio, along with Herndon for Sam Darnold. The last piece of this dream scenario is the general manager for the Bucks, Jason Light. You'd need a daredevil to pull off a trade like this. And Adams being this vocal after the draft is a tough thing because it is very difficult to pull off player-for-player deals instead of player for draft pick deals. And for Joe Douglas to accept a player for draft pick deal would mean he had to have to wait an entire year to cash in on those assets, which would mean he'd want more assets in return, which is very unlikely to happen. You know, the player, so instead, he'd be looking for a player for player deal. And the Clinton Portis for Champ Bailey deals just don't come around too often. And this would certainly qualify. A God went for Jamal Adams. But that's the dream. In terms of what's going to happen, who the hell knows?
he, Jamal's clearly taken this tact. It's tough to come up with another example of a player who's been so beloved, who's fallen from so beloved to so hated over the course of a week. It, it really is amazing. If you, if you could get a feel for the Jets fan base, the tone of the fan base, it's gone from 98% love Jamal to 8 to 10% still love Jamal and understand what he's doing. It's flip-flopped incredibly. Is it salvageable? What are the Jets thinking? They haven't commented yet. They haven't discussed anything yet. Uh, announced anything yet. And Jamal Adams hasn't either. Uh, he commented on someone's post, I think a couple days ago, that he would... He acknowledged a Jets fan saying, yeah, you're right, the Jets fans do deserve the full story and it's coming today. But it never came that day, and this was two days ago. Who knows? No one should go nuts. Take it for what it's worth. Uh, He's clearly taken a business tact. I think it hurts him. I think it's the wrong move for him personally, for what he's after. And in terms of the Jets, now you know other teams are going to hold you hostage when negotiating. So you can't pull the trigger quickly. If you have to hold off, like reports are coming out that they will hold off, then you do it. It's just that simple. We'll see what happens. Until next time, Sabo Radio.